Hey guys, welcome back to Faith Fuels My Fire, the podcast. I'm your host, Lorena Camille. This episode is a Bible study on chapter 13 of the book of Luke. If you haven't checked out my previous Bible studies, I do have my Bible studies and the study guides included on my Facebook group. It's called Faith Fuels My Fire, just like the name of this podcast. And I'll have the link in the show notes of this episode, but you can also just go on Facebook and type in the search bar, Faith Fuels My Fire, and request to be added in the group. Once you're added in the group, you'll see a tab that says Guides. Click on that tab and you'll see all of my previous Bible studies and the study guides included. Before we get into this Bible study, I did want to say a quick prayer. So if you would, please just close your eyes and pray with me. Lord, I pray that you lift up every single person listening to this right now. Please give us knowledge and understanding to know exactly what it is that we're reading and the wisdom to implement it in our daily lives. Holy Spirit, please guide us and help us to see the truth, know the truth, discern the truth, and live by the truth. And Lord, I pray that whatever it is that each person is supposed to receive from this Bible study, that they receive it and they implement it in their daily lives. I love you with every ounce of my being. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now let's get into this Bible study. So I'm just going to start reading at verse 1. Now there were some present at that time who Jesus told about the Galileans whose blood Pilate mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, I leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Alright, so I'm going to stop right there and discuss these verses with you guys here. So in verses 1 through 5, we are all sinners, and we all make mistakes, and we all need Jesus, and we all have to repent for our sins. It doesn't matter which sins we committed, we have to ask for forgiveness, and Jesus Christ will forgive us, but we have to repent or we're going to perish. Whenever we do ask for forgiveness and Jesus saves us, then we have eternal life in heaven, but if we don't repent and ask for forgiveness, then we perish and we go to hell. And verses 6 through 9, This was an illustration of God's judgment, and God looks for fruit in us, and God is patient. It says here that for three years he had been coming to look for fruit, so God is patient with us, and after three years of no fruit, he still gave it a second chance, but there would come a time whenever the judgment would come. God is not just going to give us endless chances. He loves us unconditionally, and he's patient and merciful and gracious, but there's going to be a time of judgment for wicked people. So I'm going to continue reading at verse 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. 
The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Alright, so I'm going to stop right there and discuss these verses with you guys here. So in verses 10 through 13, Jesus had saw this woman that had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years, and he performed this miraculous sign by healing her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. But in verse 14, because Jesus had performed this miraculous sign on a Sabbath, the synagogue ruler was upset and he said that there was six days out of the week where people could be healed but not on the Sabbath day because you're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath day, which we went over that in past Bible studies on the book of Luke. And what Jesus said in verses 15 through 16, these people were hypocrites because they untied their ox and their donkeys and they let them out to water. And this was also considered work on the Sabbath, but they didn't want this woman that had been bound for 18 years to be set free on the Sabbath. And like I've went through in our Bible studies before on the book of Luke, there is no wrong day to do a good thing. And Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. So nothing that he does on the Sabbath is ever going to be wrong or bad. So I'm going to continue reading at verse 18. Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Alright, so I'm going to stop and discuss these verses with you guys here. So in verses 18 through 19, Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed, which is a very small seed, and then it's planted into a man's garden, and it grows and becomes a large tree, which usually a mustard seed only becomes a bush. So this growth was unnatural. And a lot of people think that this parable is an explanation that describes the growth and the spreading influence of the church. And initially, this is what I was thinking. But after doing some research and just looking at the context from before and after this parable, this parable is actually a description of the corruption in the community of the kingdom. This mustard seed grew unnaturally large and it had birds that perched on it. And in a previous parable that we went over from part one of chapter eight of the book of Luke, the birds were from the devil. Here in verse five of chapter eight of the book of Luke, we see where it says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. And then in verse 12 of chapter eight of the book of Luke, it says, those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And then what he says in verses 20 through 21, yeast is consistently used as a picture of corruption and sin. And we saw that in our Bible study from part one of chapter 12 of the book of Luke, where it says in verse one, to be on the guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. 
So again, this is showing a description of the corruption in the community of the kingdom. So these religious leaders in the church were full of corruption and evil, and Jesus came to shed light on that and show us the truth of God's words and to save all who come to him and ask for forgiveness. So I'm going to continue reading at verse 22. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try and enter and not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth, when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south, and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first, and first who will be last. Alright, so I'm going to stop right there and discuss these verses with you guys here. So what Jesus says in verse 24, it's so important for us to have a relationship with Christ and to lean on him through every aspect of our lives. When we try to do things on our own and we live life the way that we want to, it leads to destruction. It's also important to study the Bible and to ask God to reveal the truth in our lives. And we have to trust and follow the Lord. And there's going to be many false teachers and prophets in this world. And it's our duty to discern the truth and to live by it. A lot of people will tell you that they're a good person, but that's not what gets you into heaven. We have to be saved, truly follow Jesus Christ, be a light to others, and spread the gospel of Jesus. In verses 25 through 29, once the time comes, whenever Jesus comes back for his people, there will be a lot of people that are waiting to go to heaven also, but won't make it because they were just living life the way they wanted to and they didn't believe in Jesus Christ and repent and follow him. And they just went about their life following the evil inclinations of their heart and thinking that they can save themselves. And Jesus Christ is the only one that can save us. It doesn't matter if those people were in the presence of Jesus whenever he walked on the earth and they ate and drank with him and all of that. If they didn't believe in Jesus Christ and they didn't seek to live and have a heart like him and be saved by him, then they're not going to make it into heaven. Jesus is merciful and gracious and loving, but he's also just. And whenever the time comes, the chances are going to be over. And if people haven't changed and given their life to Jesus when that time comes, it's going to be too late. So I'm I'm going to continue reading at verse 31. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. 
Look, your house is left to you desolate, I tell you. You will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Alright, so those are all the verses of chapter 13 of the book of Luke, but I'm going to discuss these verses with you guys here. What Jesus says in verses 32 through 33. Jesus wasn't worried about Herod because he was on a mission to save lives, and he was going to continue healing people until his time came for his crucifixion. Jesus was fully submitted to the will of God the Father, and he knew that he was on a mission to save lives, and that his work would be completed in God the Father's perfect timing. And verses 34 through 35, Jesus is showing here that he loves the people of Jerusalem and he longs to gather them and take care of them, but they're stubborn and they're not willing and they killed the prophets from the Old Testament and the ones that are sent to preach about the kingdom of God, they stone. And the verse that Jesus says here in verse 35 is from Psalm 118 verse 26. He has given them chance after chance to believe in him and he longs to care for them and to help them and lead them and guide them, but they're stubborn and they follow the evil inclinations of their heart and they're not going to see him again until they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So I'm going to end this Bible study with three takeaways that I want you guys to write down. Number one is we all have to repent for our sins. Number two is there is never a wrong day to do something good. And number three is we have to make every effort to enter through the narrow door. So this concludes this Bible study on chapter 13 of the book of Luke. Tomorrow we're going to go into chapter 14. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And yeah, I love you guys so much. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye guys.